0: Stories of Communism 32, Romania's Worst Spy Welcome to Stories of Communism, the podcast where we discuss what life is really like for those unfortunate enough to live under communist or socialist governments. Recording from the suburbs of Portland, Oregon, this is Eric Seligman, your co-host, along with Manuel Castaneda. As you may recall, our last episode focused on the story of Theodore Flanta, who as a college student in communist Romania in the late 1960s, fell in love with a visiting Italian girl. Defying the odds, they pursued their international romance, despite the continuous obstacles they were facing from the Romanian government. In the end, Teodor managed to marry Ariella and emigrate to Italy, though he was only able to get his exit visa by signing an agreement to spy for the communists. The memoir ended when Teodor and Ariella began their married life in Italy in the early 1970s. But half a century later, they're both still alive and well, living in Australia and preparing to celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary among children and grandchildren. So for this episode, Manuel and I have interviewed Theodore about his life after the memoir. We'll hear about how he adjusted to life in the West, his career in international espionage, and his thoughts on communism in the future.
1: Uh, thank you for talking to us. We were very impressed by the the whole story of your life and
0: your wife,
1: and and wanted to follow up with yeah. uh, with a story because it was pretty mm-hmm. intriguing that after yeah. being a, in a dire situation, you were able to uh, uh, to make it better for yourself. Yes, we did.
2: And we are at the end of the world, you see. <laughs> it took us so, so, such a distance to, to get better.
0: Yeah, we are a... in
2: Tasmania, Australia.
0: Yeah, and now it's, it's, I guess, have you celebrated your 50th anniversary with Ariella now? <laughs> Uh,
2: it will be next year in uh, in April. That is that was our uh, <laughs> clandestine marriage. I mean the uh, <laughs> the first marriage, the religious one.
0: Wow! So that's that's amazing. All all these years. Uh, I hope uh, my wife and I make it that far.
2: <laughs> you will, you will, if you put your will into it. <laughs> it needs a bit of work. <laughs>
1: Theodore, so how old are you now?
2: I am 74. I'll be in January 75. Oh, you're a young pup. I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just planted some tomatoes today, so... Yeah, so... <laughs> because we are, in, we, we are in spring.
0: Wow, so that, that's nice. So now... Um, Maybe can you tell us a little bit about your life after the end of the book? I remember that you uh, left uh, Romania to live with your new bride. Um, What was it like adjusting to the West, and how did you end up all the way in Australia?
2: Well, um, I think I had a distorted sort of image uh, at the beginning, because, uh, uh, as you know, in Romania there was a shortage of everything, particularly food, and uh, you had to queue at two, from two o'clock in the morning to, to get uh, food items. And um, while in Italy, you know, it was the West, and uh, the day after I arrived in Italy, because I arrived at night, I went around alone, actually, and um, I sold a um, uh, butcher shop <laughs> not far from where we live. And it was, it was unbelievable, unbelievable for me because, um, you know, to get meat in Romania, you would uh, have to queue up and, and um, you couldn't get what you wanted. And that, at a certain point, um, they would tell you, there is no more left, so you'd have to go home empty-handed. What happened after, I got a job in a patent office because my mother-in-law worked there and uh, for a few months. Then I got another job, but I was working on the black market, okay, because I wasn't a citizen, and the Italian law w- wouldn't allow you to to be recorded as a, as a normal worker. I was a foreigner still, didn't have the citizenship. And uh, so I got a job in um, a construction company, building company. Mm. And um, I went on for, from there for um, six, six, seven years worked there. And the opportunity came for us to come to Australia. Mm. uh, through Ariella again through Ariella again because she was teaching uh, in a um, high school but also at the university actually she was teaching Spanish at the university Mm -hmm. yes and uh, they required at Flinders University here in South Australia the state of uh, South Australia they required a specialist senior tutor to teach Italian and Spanish, and to be able to use uh, the language laboratory. And Ariella had Mm -hmm. done a course of that previously. Uh, And uh, so um, we applied. I mean, she she made me apply because she hated bureaucracy and doing the documents. So Mm -hmm. we came to, to Australia and our life changed, changed really for the better. And then I, I did a master's degree and a Ph.D., and then I um, um, came to Tasmania alone again uh, for uh, one year and a half to teach Italian here. And then they, appointed, they gave me the charge. I mean, they put me in charge of Italian, and Ariella came down here to Tasmania. But, you know, after 15, 20 years, we ended up here because the, they shut the, our department down. I mean, the languages, so.
1: Um,
2: but we don't complain. We don't complain. It's okay. And uh, But in, in Italy, we had two kids, two boys. And um, we left when uh, one was five, and uh, the little one was four, four. So... We came as a family of mm-hmm. four here. Yeah.
1: How how long um, after you left uh, uh, Romania? How long did it take you to go back? To go back to Romania? Yes.
2: Ah, uh, okay. I went back to Romania the day the the year after because my mother died. She was only forty six, mm. and. Um, she suffered, uh, she had, she was under a lot of pressure while my father was arrested and, uh, uh, and uh, she suffered a lot. And um, she had a, a, a stroke, which mm. left at 39 years of age, left her half paralyzed and then uh, she died. And uh, then I went to the funeral alone. Ariela was uh, expected to give birth and she gave birth a month after. Francesco, our oh. son. Yes. Very good. Uh, very Italian yeah. name. Uh, but then, <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> it's the protector of Italy, the, the <laughs> yeah. patron of Italy. So, actually, we had decided that in Romania, you see. <laughs> if it's a boy, it was going to be Francesco. And if, it, if it's a girl, it, it was going to be Anna, like my mama. Like
1: oh. My Okay.
2: Yes. Well, yeah.
1: you know, um, are the uh, uh, are the two cultures uh, much different? Because isn't Romania wasn't it conquered by the Romans, and that's how he got his name?
2: Yes, that's right, and it's been uh, under Romans. Yes, uh, Trajan, Trajano, no, uh-huh. conquered Romania in one hundred and six. Um, after uh, I mean AD, and yeah. they stayed there till I think two thousand seventy, no two thousand two hundred seventy one or hundred seventy five, something like that. So they they stayed there for over a hundred fifty years, and yeah, they yeah. left a lot in 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 our culture there. Yes, and Romanian is a Romance language. That yes, has, uh, like Italian, like Spanish. Um, Portuguese, French, and yeah. um, a, a, a Romanian understands here and there Italian words. Uh, a Romanian yes. who didn't study Italian, so it's not so difficult to to get into it, to learn it for a Romanian. I, I think it's harder for the Italians to to learn Romanian because we have. Uh, a uh, strange sounds like, uh, uh, things like that, which in Italy, in Italian and in Spanish do not exist. Wow.
0: So when you were in Italy working as a construction worker, how did you compare your, your quality of life? I know that in, in Romania you were sort of of the intellectual class, right? Um you know, linguist and stuff, and that seems like sort of something we yeah. usually consider sort well, of a step down and Look, the
2: West. I loved Italy and I still love Italy, and I have an Italian citizenship, right? And that was my passport. Um, uh, actually, it, it's strange that they, they gave me my uh, Italian passport uh, uh, two months before I left Italy, <laughs> so, uh, ironically, you see. Uh, but, uh, <clears throat> well, well life was in Italy wasn't so bad for us financially, but I didn't find my place there in work-wise. Culturally it was fine, but workwise, you know, I was a specialist in Italian, imagine that. <laughs> and many of them spoke better Italian than me. I was a foreigner. <laughs> so, so I didn't have, so to speak, a, a profession, okay? While well, in Romania, it would have been okay. In uh, Australia, became okay because Italian became my profession in the end and stood us in good stead, so to speak. No? So, but, but in Italy, I felt comfortable from every other point of view. Only the, the work situation was... And Ariella worked two jobs. So uh, it was good for her also that we
1: left. Eventually have a good relationship with the um, your wife's uh, family. Oh yes,
2: yes, yes, no, by the time I arrived uh, uh, her father, well, her father died in uh, November, November 71. And I arrived in Italy in January 72, so two months after. But we were, we've been married legally in Romania since August 71. Oh. And oh. Um, they wouldn't allow me, her father wanted to meet me. We had uh, spoken on, uh, on the phone for 30 seconds, uh, 30 seconds once only. And he was um, um, seriously ill, uh, heart problems in hospital, and he wanted to see me. And Ariela sent me a telegram. So the the compañeros, the the comrades, Mm -hmm. said, no, you have to wait to wait um, your turn. (laughs) I I went into an an audience there Mm -hmm. and... um, that That was their response. everybody has problems, comrades, so you wait your turn and so I did i didn't have any other choice and in the meantime my father my father in- law died, and um, i um, well, I went to Italy when they gave me the passport very good rapport with my mother in- law Actually, she is buried in Tasmania. We brought her uh, when she was uh, um, older. And mm-hmm. she lived with us for, for four years. Well, Ariela has uh, had a sister. So I also was a doctor, a medical. And, uh, but she wasn't around too much. But I know she was, uh, in her youth, a Marxist. So we didn't, at the beginning... See eye to eye. Yeah, we tolerated each other. But, um, and her brother was in, um, I think, in Norway at that stage, teaching music in a conservatorium. So we were practically only with Ariela's mom. So we lived with her for the first uh, three four months. Then we. How is Romania today? Look, uh, I know only from the papers and from Facebook, friends, and so on, It's um, a lot has changed in terms of um, people's freedom of moving and speaking and that sort of stuff, but a lot has not changed as mentality, and although they call themselves a democracy, um all parties in the parliament have a lot of people who are corrupt mm. so they um, instead of doing work for the people and for improving their country's um, situation they pocket the money you see it, it's it's a, it's a it's a terrible problem terrible huh. problem and people are are <laughs> old people particularly vote for the old parties? Uh, even for the uh, for the yeah for the social democrats, which mm-hmm. uh, who are uh, derived from the communist party. So these, some old people vote for them. So uh, I don't know, and they they still vote. Dead people vote, and uh, <laughs> uh, absent people vote, and so on. It's uh, yeah. I think it's a big all over the world this, this, this stealing boats nowadays. So, yeah. what,
1: what,
2: what do you yeah. think
1: uh, you know, you live this life uh, what do you think attracts uh, what is it that makes communism attractive to so many people, even here in the United States and in yeah. Italy yeah. there are a lot of people that are sympathetic to communism what, what is it?
2: Well I'll. Uh, I think a lot is that uh, propaganda sticks, with 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 some people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the others who believe only half of it, they aspire to become manipulators of others and live on their uh, <laughs> on their accounts somehow. It's I don't know. People are are. Um, there, there are a lot of people, I think, in the world who tend to believe others, and um, yeah, and, they, and the communism as such um, <laughs> promise much more than other parties or other ideologies who sort of try to commit you to do good things and so on. Uh, uh, and they, they look up to their people, I mean, the, and at the expense. Of the majority. They don't care about the majority, really. I mean, in Romania under communi- communists, there were a few thousand people who lived very well and the rest, all the population was living like sort of slaves. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but a society like that cannot um, evolve because people who, who are under the bosses they tend to work less. They don't have that drive. They don't have the incentive uh, mm-hmm. for work. So, because anyway, at the end of the month, you know, the salary comes, and you know, it's, it's little, okay, we'll do it little, and things like that. So things perpetuates like that. I mean, you, you live a, a, a life of um, sort of um, inertia, uh, you have dreams, but many of your dreams do not um, come true. So, at uh, then then at 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 one stage, you resign and try to do what you can to survive. Yeah, I mean, an ideology which started with the intention of killing, well, of. of being assassins of others cannot be, uh, how shall I say, viable. But for a period of time, it is, as experience shows.
1: A lot of people just don't want to take risk anymore. They want security. Oh,
2: that, that is true. That is true. Uh, this is what um, happens in Romania with um, the right, right-wing right center Orientation parties. What happened? They learned from the others, from the communist. Coming from a communist um, country uh, um, regime, you learn to, you know, to live by experience. I mean, you have to find ways, and your life is occupied with that. So uh, now you learn this way of life. So you slowly grow comfortable <laughs> into it, I believe. And uh, okay, you, you don't want to to take other risks, you know. Better the devil, you know, as they say. And mm-hmm. um, that's why the old people, um, um, many, not all of them, goodness me, no, but mm-hmm. the majority, the majority of the old people use to vote for them and voted voted for them at the beginning, after the so-called revolution in 89. And they stayed in power until, uh, I mean, these 30 years since then, the majority, I mean, most of the time, the communists were, I mean, their derivatives were in power.
0: I (laughs) wanted to ask you, uh, Theodore, you know one of the yeah. you know interesting parts at near the end of the book was um when in order to be allowed out of the country, you finally gave in and signed that paper saying you would spy for Romania and Italy and um you know I was wondering yeah. was there follow up from that like once you got to Italy, did Romanian agents try to you know send you <laughs> secret messages and make you spy or what what happened there
2: so what happens is uh, I'll start the story from Romania because <clears throat> I was caught between two agents in Romania. Okay, uh, the one who uh, approached me approached me initially uh, gave up on me because uh, he considered me uh, a weak element. That means a weak person, uh, no decision. I mean, undecisive. And what else? In normal circumstances, it wouldn't have been nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, practically, after two, two girls of me, to meetings with me, um, he said, "I'll call you," but he never called back. But what happened? I was living renting a, a room from a, a family. He was a vet veterinary surgeon but working uh, he said in a ministry there agricultural ministry in Bucharest, right? In Romania mm, Yes and they had, they had a daughter married in Italy just moved to Italy uh, six months before so uh, we talked a lot I was curious about um, life in Italy and how they did and things like that and Ariela had met them also, him and his wife, and they got fond of Ariela, everybody did in Romania. So, in my talks with him, he started sort of uh, uh, working on me, <laughs> saying, Well, it's not as bad as you think. Uh, if you don't sign anything with the Securitate, I don't think that will count for much and things like that. So we became very good friends. But what happened, uh, I found out only now in 2014, is that uh, uh, he was against his daughter's marriage to the Italian guy. Now, the, and then the securitate opted him, I mean, brought him in as an agent. And sent him to some training school, and he knew all my stuff with Ariela, and he proposed himself. He, he talked to the agent who initially, <laughs> who initially approached me, and then he proposed to the agent uh, that uh, he should uh, sort of uh, work on me and. Uh, that would be his uh, operational training he, he said and so he did <laughs> and and but but then listen to this then i was living uh, i had the, you know the ardelands the ardelands which you, you see in the book there the family uh, who actually loved me and they i i would visit the, their their house every second day because they were close to the university. And uh, I found out that the man was also uh, uh,
0: an informer
2: to, for the securitate. The Arbelan, Mr. Arbelan. So they knew each <laughs> other. So they knew each other. Mm-hmm. So uh, then they concocted this thing. Uh, Mr. Arbelan practically dictated most most of that note I wrote for them,
0: Uh, you know, I
2: I proposed to work on a broadcasting radio station, Romanian radio station in Milan, but it didn't exist. Uh, I proposed to open art galleries, okay, because my grand, my, Ariela's father was a painter, okay, and uh, then I proposed to make translations and technical translations and so on because Ariela's mama was doing patents and translate, translations of patents. Uh, and and um, that I would uh, teach Romanian in a university. How, how can you teach Romanian if they don't want you? I don't know. I, you know,
1: all this, this
2: prospective thing. So they gave me life all their lives. So uh, it was, in a way, I felt good about it in the end, because I gave, I gave them, I paid them back, back with a few lines of impossible, reali- uh, impossible realization, actually, in Italy. So what happened, the daughter of this gentleman I rented the house on and who uh, from, so he uh, uh, was in contact with his daughter. So his daughter always tried to take me to the um, uh, to a gentleman there, who was friend of Ceausescu, who was in the center of Milan, here the big office and so on. And I never went. Then he, she was trying to take me to the church there. She knew the priest, and I knew that some Romanian priests would spy on the. Diaspora on the thing, on the people on Romania abroad, so I didn't go. Uh, And uh, at the end, not at the end, at one stage, an engineer from Bucharest came to the consulate, and uh, this engineer was a big shot uh, working for Ceausescu's wife at the chemistry institute in Bucharest there. And he came to visit, because he knew my uncle and so on, So, and I knew him. But he came with a consul, with a the, uh, the vice consul, all the, the, the people there to my house. Ariella prepared a nice meal, but nothing. I think they came to verify me, in, in a way, to see how I was doing. And, uh, but there were no direct contact. So in 1975 or six, I find I found out now they um, shut the case. I mean, my dossier was uh,
1: archived. archived. archived
2: okay. yeah. uh, with a resolution that uh, they did not complete the study, the study on me or of me in Romania. So I. I was not recruited, <laughs> yeah, by then.
1: You, you were not a good candidate.
0: I was a, I was a weak element.
1: <laughs> a weak element.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a compliment coming from the communist <laughs> government, right?
2: <laughs> oh, yes,
0: oh, yes.
2: I knew, actually, I knew what I wanted from life, but, I mean, I didn't know how, how it would turn up, but, um, you know, You fight, you fight. And Mm -hmm. in the end, weak or strong, if you are also lucky a bit, as we were. So, Uh, Teodor, so now now you are
1: in Australia chasing uh, Tasmanian devils out there.
2: Tasmanian devils, yes, yes. Yes. And And, uh, Ariela and and my kids held one in... uh, in their arms.
1: Oh wow! Wow. Okay. So, and life... I have
2: a, I have a, I have a son, Stefano, the youngest, uh, who lives on a sort of farm. He has uh, 52 acres, and um, you have wallabies, which are small, smaller kangaroos. And uh, I, I saw one night uh, a wounded Tasmanian devil on his driveway.
1: <laughs> oh wow! Well, life.
2: Uh... Yeah. Uh, God was
1: good to you, and you have a, a future in Australia, in in Italy, and practically anywhere you want to be in the world now. You, you escaped early on so that you were able to live a full life.
0: I was going to say, what would your yeah. father now think of the fact that, you know after all his struggles to maintain his land in the, in the face of all this collectivization. Now that his, uh, his grandson, I guess, has all this huge acreage in Australia. What would, what would he think of that?
2: <laughs> well, he, he would be very, very happy. Actually, my father came to Australia. They allowed him to come in 84. And, um, uh, uh, as you know, perhaps uh, I wrote the my first book book is called "A uh, luminous Future," which is his story actually, and you see how he thinks and what what he went through and I was very keen in writing that story and did also a bit of documentation and um he would be really happy he always in a way he's harbored this wish uh, that some of us his uh, descendants would go and live in his house in uh, Romania in the village because he built that house and um, it's there and the land is there and um, now he would be I mean he was very pleased let's say and while he was here I took him on Saturday and Sunday to the university and uh, in my office there, and he would write um, yeah. part of uh, his life, I mean, stories of his life. I would ask him questions and he would put them into in writing and uh, that formed the basis of my first book. Which, uh, which, if you want, I'll I'll send it to you uh, through messenger.
0: I actually already yeah. have it on my but... Kindle bookshelf, getting ready to read it. <laughs> okay,
2: okay, <laughs> okay. So, no, my father would be very happy. He he had a, a hard time uh, with them. Imagine Eric and Manuel. That in 1967, I was at the university. 65, 67. My father was, uh, he was not anymore labeled as an enemy of the people, but he was still pursued, still followed by the communists in the village. Why? Because in 1946, uh, uh, just before the communists took over, he and other 13 um, people from the village, Wanted, to, wanted to found to create a, a, a local organization of the uh, national peasant party in Romania. Okay, it was legal at that stage, and they pursued him in sixty-five, sixty-seven because of that. Of that, to see what. Uh, put, Put on his uh, on his um, how do you say tail uh, four people from the village, and imagine it's a six six hundred uh, souls village. So they were uh, following him and, and trying to grasp from him to get what he thought about communism, what he thought about the Americans uh, and international. Uh, uh, politics and things like that and uh, well he he was uh, shrewd enough because he knew them and um, in the end they let, they let him in but I have the documents you see over three years they were uh, following him in 67 and I think in 69 Nixon came to Romania <laughs> so it's not funny but it looks that way
0: wow So, so now, hello so- yeah. So I was just going to say, so um, now we we do seem to have this sort of resurgence of belief in communism in the world. And, um, you know, we're going to, I think, have to wrap up soon. But maybe, um, so what what would be your message to these, you know, kids and some not-so-kids who are wandering or marching through the streets and demanding a transition to communism in order to make everything fairer and more equal? (laughs)
2: Well, you see, the message would be, uh, I think you learn things by, exper- by experience much quicker. Uh, I mean, the most uh, uh, radical of them, I would uh, just um, uh, hire uh, some uh, locomotion mean, I mean a plane, and send them to, to North Korea or somewhere, let them leave there for a week or two weeks, and they would come back cured. I mean, whatever we say now they you know they know more than us, don't they? I mean the younger yeah. they are, the more they know, and uh, <laughs> the experience for them doesn't count and, and that' this is the message I get from Romania from my friend i haven't been i think Manuel asked me asked me, and I didn't answer I haven't been to Romania this millennium right I, i've been I've been there in nineteen ninety eight or ninety nine Um, last time. But uh, my friends are saying, well, you know, our young uh, people here, they want to go back to communism and so on. It it looks like we never learn, even if some of us uh, go through through hell. Uh, Yes, somebody has to go through it in, in order to understand it better, to understand it, I mean, profoundly. But my message is that all these uh, ideologies are blatant lies. I mean, communism <laughs> was saying one thing to us. Uh, uh, you know, my, the title of my, my novel there, the first one, A Luminous Future. They were uh, uh, every day would tell us, ah, we'll lead you to, towards a luminous future. All right, but our life there was going downhill not uphill now downhill everything and we we could see that (laughs) i mean communism and even socialism because there is a bit uh, a a lot of confusion Uh, when i talk to people here they say ah communism we wouldn't be like you okay yes you are different and um, socialism is better but socialism is the first step towards communism. I mean, it inevitably, inevitably, it, it ends up in communism if they come um, to power, the the the, the socialists, because they will tamper with the law, with the justice. I am, I think you are in a good position there in America because your constitution is rather. Well built and stay strong, strong. And I, I don't know if a president, if a president, can tamper with the constitution. Um, and then you don't have neighbors, you see, like um, China and Russia. But with us, it was a tragedy because the <laughs> the communist party in Romania, when the Russian army came in, were, uh, had only a thousand members. All right. By the end of the year in 1946, they um, stole the elections. And so here we are, a thousand people. Then they became more, obviously you no, know? A thousand people plus Russia took over the, um, overturned um, the previous regime, I mean, the life as it was, and made it hell for everybody and killed lots of people. So the messages don't, don't fall for it. Uh, all these messages which uh, uh, promise a lot, they deliver much less. Not only much less, but they don't deliver anything in the end. They ruin your life.
0: If you find Theodore's story as inspiring as we do, be sure to check out the memoir of his romance, Paper Rings, as well as the book he wrote on his father's struggles, A Luminous Future. Both are linked in the show notes at storiesofcommunism.com. This has been your Story of Communism for today.